Abhishek and I were driving from Chicago to Indiana right around Christmas time. And all of a sudden it's white out. Like he slams on the brakes. We get sucked into the median and this EMT goes, get out of the car, get out of the car. We start getting out of the car and this car, it just comes right at us. And I see him get smashed between the cars. Welcome back to another episode of Drive With Us Podcast. I'm Bob Neat and I'm Karen G. And we're super excited to have you arrive with us for another week as our drivers take us on an adventurous drive around the world. Before we meet today's driver, a little quick car keeping. Did you know that we record both video and audio for our podcasts? If you're interested in seeing our guests tell their crazy driving stories, check out the Drive With Us Podcast YouTube channel. And now let's meet today's driver, Jessica Kumar, an American that lives in India. Jessica Kumar, a Hindi-speaking American, is an economic development advocate living in Bihar, India, with her family. She hosts the Invisible India podcast, which highlights cross-cultural relationships, language learning, current events, and how to navigate the complexities of Indian culture as an outsider. Here's Jessica. Welcome, Jessica, to Drive With Us podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah. Hi, Bhavneet and Taranjit. I'm really glad that you guys invited me. I think it's going to be fun um, talking about my driving experiences as an American person living in India. Yeah, we're super excited to hear your perspective of both. But before we get into that, we want to know, how would you describe yourself as a driver and what is your relationship with driving? I would describe myself as cautious but bold as a driver. I don't take unnecessary risks. People always back in the day when I was learning to drive, it was, oh, be a defensive driver. And I I think I kind of turned out that way. I'm not going to be aggressively cutting people off, but I'm always assuming that the other person behind the wheel is a total idiot and that they are, I'm always assuming that like people are drunk or people are on their phone or people are just not paying attention, even if they don't. So I would, I just kind of, I would say defensive and thinking about what the other person might do wrong. And my relationship with driving, honestly, I have, you know, lived enough places now in the world where I would, I would love to have somebody drive me around (laughs) so I didn't have to do it or take public transit. I find that to be more efficient in large cities, but I'm not always living in a large city right now where I'm, I'm in like the suburbs of Chicago and I drive all day long and it's it's kind of annoying. I would so much rather be back living in the city where I could just hop on the train or hop on a bus or living in India where you could just, you know, hitch an auto or whatever at Ola, Uber. It's so affordable and just have someone else take you so I can like space out and do something else. Yeah, I understand that. We have about three hour round trip driving commutes right now. Well, she works remote now, but yeah, I can understand how driving for that long, especially to work, you're just like, okay, I'm over. I'm over this. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And just environmental reasons too. Yeah, yeah, true. So when did you first move from America to India? How long has it been? Yeah, I first went in 2006. I was just fresh out of college and ended up going to India for an internship, lived there for around four years. And I did not drive at that point in India. I was just doing public. I did ride a bicycle around the town where I was living, Haridwar, which was like, especially 15 years ago, it was this tiny half a million people, which is like obviously so small in India. 
but it's like this small little gullies, like narrow streets, no train, definitely no airport there. And I used to bicycle around, which was so awkward. But for someone of my age, and I was a professional, like women do not do that. (laughs) After, you know, 13, 14 years old in that part of India. So yeah, that's where I first lived. Has living in India made you more of a defensive driver? Like what was that like driving culture shock of going from America and then Indian driving? I was honestly pretty scared when I first started driving in India. That was in about, I think I started driving in 2016. And for me, just it it becomes something about your brain changes when you're thinking about the navigational differences of how you need to figure out how to get to point A to point B, thinking about the zigzagging and listening for the horn of like, okay, someone's coming behind me. I'm I'm not going to swerve. Just getting used to knowing that there's always somebody like right behind you. And every time you move, you have to look. You can't assume that, oh, I looked 30 seconds ago and there's no one there. No, there is going to be someone there that snuck in. So part of your awareness changes. And the way that I drive here and the way I drive there is completely different. Are you able to switch when you come back to the U.S., switch back to like, okay, now I'm supposed to drive like a normal person. (laughs) And then when you go to India, it's like, okay, all rules are out the window. Yeah, well, it's kind of funny because there are these unspoken rules of driving in India. People are like, oh, there's no rule. It's like, well, no, actually there are unspoken rules of what you do and what you don't do. At least where I'm at in Bihar, you honk, you have to honk or you're going to kill somebody if you don't honk because you have to let them know I'm right beside you. I'm coming around the corner. It's really, really important to to honk, just to alert people that slow down or I'm coming, like don't, you know, smash into each other coming around a tight corner. But yes, I am able to switch on and off. Usually I don't drive the first couple of days when I'm traveling back and forth between places. I will just ride in the car. Then I'm like, remember the flow of things. Uh, And it's usually not not an issue, but highway. Yeah. I, I will wait. Maybe usually I'll wait a couple of days before I venture onto the highway in the U.S. just because you can't make a mistake. You can get in a very serious wreck if you're driving, you know, 70, 80 miles an hour and make a mistake. So in India, it's like, oh, I went on the wrong side of the, oh, okay, no big deal. I just like back up and cut someone off and then go. It's fine. Yeah, you can't do that here. It doesn't work as well. What was it like driving on the opposite side of the road? And have you ever had a moment where you're just like, oh, no, wrong side between the two countries when you're going back and forth? Yeah, you know, I've never had that where I accidentally turned on the wrong side. I've had the moments where I was like, oh, uh, uh, wait, sitting at a stop sign usually, or I'm turning if it's like a confusing intersection. And I've just come from India, or if I've just come from the US, and I'm like, what, wait, wait, which way am I going? If there are other cars in front, obviously, that's fine, I can just follow them. But I've noticed my husband, when he, he's talking to someone from back home, and he's driving here, I've noticed his driving habits become more Indian. I've noticed him do this, where he will, like, he's almost turned on the wrong um, side, or he's almost like, you know, he just, he's just, 
the way he turns is really weird. Like he turns super slowly. It's like, don't do that. Like you just hear you stop and you swiftly go. When it's your turn, you go. You don't do this in between type of thing. You just do it. So speaking of that crazy experience, let's dive into your top three craziest driving experiences. So what would you say is one of your craziest experiences? My kids know this story, so I feel comfortable sharing it on the internet. When I was a teenager, I had gotten into a fight with a friend. I must have been fresh, like 16 years old. And I got off of work. I worked at Applebee's. (laughs) Got off of work and I was driving to another friend's house. And I, I didn't really know the road that well. It was a country road and it was very dark. So I come around this corner and there are not really well labeled signs. This is a really small town. And I was so frustrated. I had my music blaring and here I'm tearing around the corner And I didn't realize there was like a very sharp turn. I'm like frustrated. I'm kind of fuming and driving. And all of a sudden I see this sharp turn and I'm probably going 70 and it's like 20. It's adjusted speed of 20. I slam on my brakes, but my car just goes flying. And I went into this, I wouldn't call it a ravine, but it was like this very steep ditch and it dropped out quite a way. So my car didn't flip somehow, but went down, way down into this and just totally stopped. This was before we had cell phones and I was just shocked. I couldn't believe I was fine. I mean, I did slam around a little when I hit, but I couldn't believe that. Eventually some other people that were on this country road saw my car and some of them went back and got help and like pushed my car. It was like 20 people pushed my car. Oh, wow. At least there was a bunch of people that are like, here, I'll help get you out of this ditch. Yes. What was your parents' reaction to that? I never told them. (laughs) I I literally (laughs) never told them because I was paying my own car bills and stuff. So I was like, well, they don't need to know. And my car was definitely messed up after that. And my axle and all that was all messed up. But I was just like, oh, well. I think I was afraid that they were going to think I was drinking. And I totally wasn't. But I was afraid they were going to, like, take my car away. And I was like, oh, that ain't going to happen. So they just don't need to know. So I cleaned the mud off of it and everything. (laughs) I went to my friend's house. We, like, dealt with it. Now, if they listen to this, they'll they'll hear about it. Oh, I don't understand why like certain roads you're going like 50, 60, and then all of a sudden they're like, you should probably go 10 around this turn. It's like, why, why would you do that to me? You're like asking for an accident to happen. Yeah. And I don't think there was proper warning really given either. It was just like, all of a sudden, maybe there was, I just, I was just too angry to like pay attention. I don't know. That was the first one. The second one, this one's also in the US and this one is a little traumatic, but I'll share it. And then the third one's in India. What Abhishek and I were driving from Chicago to somewhere in Indiana. I don't remember. It was right around Christmas time. It wasn't a snowstorm. Like it was maybe an inch or two on the ground. It wasn't that bad. So we're like, all right, we can totally do this. It's fine. So we're driving along. I wasn't driving. Actually, Abhishek was driving. I'm in the passenger seat and we're going along. And all of a sudden, this is in the middle of the country. All of a sudden, it's white out, like across your face. It was a drift that had like drifted across the farm fields. He wasn't that experienced at driving in the snow. Obviously, he grew up in India. So he slams on the brakes. Well, it turns out he doesn't realize this, but he's on top of a drift. We get sucked into the median and we get stuck in the median. A bunch of police were already there because apparently this had happened several times already. And they were trying to get people out of there. This EMT or whoever goes, get out of the car. 
get out of the car. We start getting out of the car and then someone starts screaming at us like, hey, hey. I look up, there's another car flying towards our car. Abhishek is standing right next to where this person is coming. This car slides, slides. It's just coming right at us, smashes into the car. Abhishek is between the cars and I see him get smashed between the cars. The front passenger door gets completely like, like bent backwards and he's in between. I thought he was, I thought his legs were amputated. I was freaking out. I don't know how this happened, but miraculously he's like, I don't think anything broke. We're in the midst of this scene. There's a car smashing into us. We're like, more cars are probably coming. Let's get out right now. The EMT, the guy that was staying there is like shocked. He thought we were dead. So we just like grab our purse and get out of there. He's like, get out of here now. So we run into the, there's an ambulance up at the top of the hill. And Abhishek walked over there or ran over there. And our door was peeled off the car. It was backwards. We go into the ambulance and they're like checking him out. They check everything. And they're like, I think you're fine. He's like, I think I'm fine too. I don't know how he was fine because I saw him get smashed between the cars. I do not know how that happened. We got the ambulance, took us to a hotel. Obviously, we weren't driving anymore. That was super dangerous. Apparently, this was happened all over the road. They had so many accidents that day. And all the hotels in that area had filled up because there were people that were like stranded. So we stay in this hotel. And it's owned by some lovely Patel person, of course. And so we go and we like ask them, are there any rooms? And they say, there is there are no rooms. Are you sh- like anything? We have one room, but the wa- hot water doesn't work. We're like, we are so desperate. Like we don't have a car. We just need to stay the night somewhere. We just got smashed between a car. Like just don't. So they let us stay in this room with no hot water. And we just like dealt with it. I was just happy to be alive. Our car was totally gone. Totally gone. We went to the dump a day later to go get our stuff. The trunk was smashed. The whole side, I have pictures of it. It was so bad. We survived that. And now, till this day, I'm still um, nervous to drive in the snow. Yeah, snow is so much scarier than you would think to drive in. I can't even imagine, like, miraculously, something, like, somehow you did not get hurt, which is great. So glad that you were both okay. Your car, you can get a new one. No worries about that. Yeah, you can't replace a human's life. Yeah. Yeah, we never, we don't get anything as crazy like that here in Maryland, but I'm always so scared of driving the snow when it's like even just an inch or two. We've gotten like a snow squall one time, which it like completely was white out. You couldn't see even right in front of your car. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get hit. That's the moment I felt like no one's going to see me. I can't even see the other people on the road. The road's turning it wasn't even going straight i'm like am i gonna drive off the road it was scary so i can imagine how scary that must have been for you guys yeah it was super scary still scary when i think about it and that was like 12 years ago (laughs) the third experience is a little more funny this was just a couple of months ago i was in india so you know they have these these guys that are riding around on their kailas or their rickshaws cycle rickshaws And these dudes are riding in like the main road and have their iron rods. It's like over their shoulder and like hanging off the back of their thing. This, this guy probably had 25 feet iron rods. He's in his bicycle rickshaw and he's got him balanced over his shoulder and off the back. It's dark. I saw him. He has nothing tied to the, he's nothing like tied to the thing. There's just the rods sticking out. I didn't see the rods. Let's just say that. So I'm right behind the guy and we're at a, 
stop sign or something. This is like a main road in Bihar. So there's tons of cars, just super crowded. And I have my kids in the back and I, I pull up right behind this guy. And all of a sudden I see him like tip up like a teeter totter, his entire rickshaw. Like if you could see me, if those are watching the video, he was like this. And then his whole front tire, like, like came up in the air. I was like, I am literally like teeter tottering on the back of his iron rods. So he's like holding on to his, his handlebars and he's like in the air. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh no. I start honking because I need to back up. I back up. He, you know, comes back down and I just like drive off. <laughs> I'm like, this is, this is not going to be good for anyone. <laughs> I have to get out of here because, you know, in India, it's street justice. So if you have done something wrong, if you've done something dumb, people are just going to get out and they're going to scream at you and they might beat you up. You never know what's going to happen. So I didn't feel like going that route. He seemed fine. His cycle rickshaw seemed fine. He just got a little teeter-totter ride and went back <laughs> And I just drove off. My kids were like horrified. Like, mama, you hit that guy. I'm like, I didn't hit the guy. I hit the rods. My car is just probably scratched up. Like, that's just par for the course in a state with 100 million people the size of like Indiana. So you're bound to hit people and you're bound to get your car scratched. But that was the funniest experience. Yeah, you're just driving along. Then all of a sudden you're like, he's flying in the air. And it's like, <laughs> what is going on? I would also just be like, okay, you look fine. I'm going to leave. It wasn't me. You won't know it was me. We probably won't ever see each other again. So you're good. <laughs> yeah, definitely won't ever see him again. So speaking of other drivers, how would you describe the drivers in India versus the drivers in the US? How, like what differences and similarities have you noticed? American drivers can be very uptight. It's all about the rules. If you don't follow the rules, people get very stressed out. And in India, people thrive on bending the rules. That's India's greatest strength, in my opinion. And it's a good thing. It's not like, oh, people are so unruly and unlawful. It's like, okay, well, if there are these dumb rules that don't make sense, let's just do things that make sense. Now, it makes sense for you as an individual, but it doesn't make sense for like a whole society, especially when it comes to traffic laws and, and things like that. This is such a strange thing because... Overall, U.S. is so individualistic in general. We don't think that much about how our actions affect other people in relational ways or emotional ways or things like that. Our driving is very much like that. People get very control freak about driving in America. And in India, people care very much about their social circle, their family. But when you're driving out in public, it's kind of this anonymous experience because it's so crowded. You don't know who's on the road. You're never going to see any of these people. Even five minutes from my house, I might see someone I know, but probably not because it's so crowded. There's just so many people. So it's this anonymous experience and that can be very dangerous. You know that the rules are not going to be enforced. So you can literally do whatever you want and people do. You want to block the road, just like put your car here and put your blasters on and people are like, beep, you know, the road's so narrow and their car is that narrow. So they're like taking up most of the road. So people just literally do whatever they want. Which country do you prefer to drive in? Oh, definitely America. So much easier. And I also can just go a lot farther in my car. I don't actually love driving here particularly. I'd much rather fly or take a train, but that just doesn't exist everywhere. And sometimes it's just impractical. So I definitely prefer driving in America just because it makes me feel a sense of independence and I can go where I want to go. When I was a, like you know, quite young, I think I was maybe 
18 years old, I got an internship in North Carolina and I decided that I was going to drive down there. I was going to fill up my car with my possessions and that's where I was going to live for the summer. It's like insane. And I just like, this went, this young girl. And if you think about that in India, like you just, it's not safe at all. And you can never make it that far without having it take four or five days to go that distance. What would you say is your biggest driving pet peeve? Oh boy. The one that I'm thinking of immediately is when people block very narrow pathways. So people would just stop in the middle of the road or when there's two cars that are facing off in a narrow pathway and then you have to back up and the other person backs up and another one goes to go forward. That gives me so much anxiety when you're in these little narrow roads. Oh my gosh. It's so funny because Abhishek and I, we have a scooter and then we have a car in Bihar and we're always kind of fighting over who's going to take the scooter because it's just so much easier to drive. <laughs> it's like, well, I need the scooter because I need to go to such and such office. Well, I needed the scooter because I have to take the kids to their gymnastics class. And it's like in this little tiny gully, you can't take the car. Well, I have it. it's like a half an hour for me to get there. It'll take me like 40 minutes in the car and take me 30 minutes. By well, I need to take the kids. So that's more important. <laughs> so we're always vying for the scooter. That's such the opposite of being in America where you like people would be fighting over the car. Like, no, I want to take the car. No, I want to take the car. But then India is like, no, no, you take the car. <laughs> the necessary evil. And that's the thing. In, in monsoon, 90% of people's life stops. When it rains, you can't go anywhere. You can't go. You're going to have to wade through ankle deep or knee deep water if it like gets really flooded. And then you're going to get soaked if you're coming on a motorcycle or even in a cycle rickshaw, an auto rickshaw. But for people here, rain, snow, it doesn't matter. I got my car. I'm just, I just have to walk from my house to my car or some people literally it's in my, it's in my garage. I don't have to walk anywhere. My mother-in-law is a funny story. So when my mother-in-law first visited us in America and my father-in-law, we had planned to go visit my grandparents. They live way out in the country. And it was raining pretty heavily that day. My mother-in-law was stressed out all day long, all day long. So stressed, so stressed out. She's like looking out the window, like, is it going to stop? Is it going to stop? I get home. I'm like, why aren't you ready to go? We need to leave. We're going out to this place. Like, like, mommy, up Bag up I was like, why didn't you wear your sari? Put your stuff together, get your bag together. Let's go. And she's like, well, I thought we weren't going because it's raining. I'm like, no, it doesn't work that way here. It doesn't matter if it's raining. If you can see, you drive. She just didn't get that. And so I was like an hour late to go visit my grandparents because she wasn't ready. I was just so annoyed. I'm like, oh man, some of these things that you just take advantage. You just, you take for granted when you grow up in America. You're like, there's literally nothing that can stop me from going where I want to go. <laughs> yeah. It must've been such a huge culture shock. Be like, wait, you can still go in rain. Have you ever experienced road rage? I know you talked about there's like street justice in India, but like, have you ever experienced road rage or seen it? Oh yeah. So many times. I will tell you when I've experienced it myself, I was going to pick up my son from school and in the city where we live in Bihar, it's so, oh God, it's just so badly organized in, in the way that they've, where they've, all of these schools are right in the same area. 
Now, when these schools started, there were like 200 students max. Now, each school has five to like 8,000 students, and they're all on the same row. And they all let out around the same time. So it is maddening when you go. And I had left. I was going to pick up my son. I was in the car, not in the scooter, because I lost the bet that day or lost the, to- the toss of who was going to have the car, who was going to have the scooter. And there was just a, an ocean of vehicles coming towards me. And I had been waiting for probably five minutes trying to get on the main road. I have this kind of weird, I have a, it's an automatic vehicle, but basically what they did with the, they took the manual transmission, just kind of like rigged it up a little bit so that it it becomes automatic. So when you shift, it actually takes two seconds to catch in. So that's too long. By the time two seconds have come, someone is going to be in front of you, cut right in front. And there's this guy, I remember. I had I was laying on my horn like as I'm going forward, trying to get into the ocean. And I was feeling it. I was feeling angry because not a single person was moving. And then this guy, I had just started to accelerate and he cuts right in front of me. And I'm like, I'm not even gonna stop. So I just nailed the front of his motorcycle. I mean, I went I'm literally going from stopped to going here. I'm not going fast, but he's in a motorcycle and I'm in a car. And so I was honking really loudly. I am coming now. I tried so many times. I'm laying on my horn and I hit the the gas to slowly accelerate forward. And he just came right in front of me and just boom, I just nailed him. You know, I felt bad. Like he had a child on his motorcycle. I And I, they didn't fall off or anything, but his motorcycle went like this. And he's yelling at me and I start screaming back at him. It was just ugly. My husband has a lot of crazy stories because he's a man and people will verbally assault him a lot worse than they will me because people are like, oh, you know, lady driver, like, oh, what does she know? And whatever. They kind of have that mentality there. It's like, oh, she must be a new driver. She messed up. They're not going to ring me out. But if you're an Indian male with a big mustache and beard, like he's going to get yelled at. <laughs> so he has, he has some very crazy stories. Well, luckily it didn't escalate to anything too serious or just a little bit of yelling and just on with your way. <laughs> so did you have to take a driving test when you went to India or were you able to like transfer your license? I got what's called an international license. And if anyone is listening to this, that is an American that wants to drive overseas, you can go to AAA and you don't even have to be a member of AAA and you can get an international license for most countries. And it's a, it's valid for one year. I think it's, it's very cheap. It's like 25 bucks or 20 bucks or something like that. And it's an official document that you can show. And it says, you know, I'm licensed driver in the United States. And it, it shows all of the countries that the United States has the relationship with or whatever understanding that you can have an international license. So I, I have never been asked to show that license ever. Yeah, that must have made it a lot easier. What was it like when you were getting your license here in the U.S.? Was it easy for you? Were you able to pass in the first time? <laughs> for me, I'm a very, at, at that time, I'm not this way anymore, but I was like a very achievement-oriented person as a teen. And I was just good. at I felt like I was good at everything and I wanted to be good at everything. And so I went and did my driver's test and I did not fully stop at a red light when I was supposed to be turning right. So it was like yellow and I paused, but my tires didn't fully stop at the red light. I kind of like paused, but like went through and then it turned red, but I had kind of gone through and turned right on a red because that's what you do. And I failed. I failed the test. 
I was so devastated. I went back, I think the next day or two and passed. But man, I was so humiliated. At least you're able to go so quickly after. I feel like now you have a longer wait between one fail and then the next one when you can go get your license, like go try again. Yeah, I, I don't remember. It might not have been a day, it might have been a week. I'm not sure. But I also li- was living at the time in a very rural area. So they didn't really have that many things to do, I think. And so I could just get in right away and get, get out. <laughs> Switching gears a little bit. We've been talking about your driving so far. Let's talk a little bit about the future of driving. What are your thoughts on self-driving cars? And is this something that you would be interested in getting into? I don't really have a strong opinion about that. I think that if it's done right, it could be it could be great. I think it could be really great. And I am one of those people that's a bit of a late adopter with certain things. I want to make sure it's really going to work well. And I want to see that it, things are safe and that things are tested well. But I think I wouldn't mind going that route once it's uh, past all the testing phase and more people are using them. Sure, why not? Do you think that would be something that would work well in India? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> There's just too much complexity and too much nuance I, and, and just too many factors at play that I don't think it would ever work. No, I agree with that. I don't I don't see I can't picture it happening there. I feel like it would have to be like a whole restructuring of everything in order for even to have a little part of it have self-driving cars. Yeah. And the car usage is only going up, up and up and up and up and up. The roads are going to be more and more crowded in the upcoming decades. Bonus question time. Are you ready? Yes. If you could make one new driving law, what would it be? This is a silly thing, but I think it's not really a law, but it is It is a idea. I would love to see one lane of the highway in America, in any, wherever, just like the airport where they have a conveyor belt that you can stand you can choose to stand on there or you can choose to drive. Like you just go and you park your car and it just takes you along. I think that would be amazing. There will be two lanes, which is like the normal driving. You want to drive, go ahead. And then there's another lane that park your car on this conveyor belt and enter in where you're going to get off or what exit you're going to get off on. And it'll and it'll be like those areas that let you off. And then you drive again. But this is just something on the major highways that I don't know why we can't do that. Why can't we do that? Make it solar powered. We got to think about gas usage. We got to think about getting off of fossil fuels. And I think that's a good idea. And then it's a way that I don't have to pay attention while I'm driving. I think that's a good idea. But no one asked me. So thanks for asking. That's a really cool idea. I never even thought about that. <laughs> That would be really cool. You can just like, if you're going on like a long road trip and you're like, I want to drive. And they're like, oh, I'm really tired. I don't feel like driving right now. Just hop on the conveyor belt. (laughs) Exactly. Makes sense to me. I mean, in a way, I guess self-driving cars could get to that point where you can just punch in wherever you want to go. And it'll be like a conveyor belt, but not like really. (laughs) Right. Do you have any final thoughts or any tips that you would like to give other drivers? I would say that if anyone's listening to this and they are wanting to learn to drive in India, they haven't learned that I think it definitely can be done. We need more good drivers out there. And then once you learn to drive, then you can have more empathy for people who are driving. But also the opposite advice would be if you're like from India and you're wanting to drive in the US, I think that there can also be some fear. But you know, take a class, practice a lot on small roads, and just do it because it's going to change your life. It's going to help your life. And it's going to open up your horizons a lot. So I think a lot of people that move straight away 
from India or especially women, they like don't learn to drive for five, 10, maybe they never learn. And your life is super limited in the United States if you don't drive and you don't live in a major city. So everybody should at least know how to drive in an emergency. You can. Yeah, that's a really good tip. Our parents are also from India. So when my mom came here, she didn't drive for a while either. Mm -hmm. So I can understand where it's nice to be like, have someone who encourages you, first of all, because you have that fear of like being in another country, and you don't know what the rules are, or any of that. And so if someone's there to support you and encourage you to try it out. Yeah, then I feel like it'll make it better. And then again, like you mentioned, having the ability to drive in an emergency is always beneficial. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on today. It was really great talking to you. Before we let you go, where can our listeners find you if they want to connect with you? Yeah, so I host the Invisible India podcast. It's about my life in India, but not just about me. I also interview stereotype-breaking desis, people from South Asian background who are doing cool things to benefit Indian society. And you can find me everywhere podcasts can be found. My website is invisibleindiapodcast.com. And I also am starting a uh, Hindi course. My focus is all about creating resources for Indian languages. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on again. It was such a blast talking to you, being able to hear another perspective of an American driving in India. And hopefully we'll have those conveyor belts on our highway soon. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Bhavneet and Taranjit. So nice to talk to you. It's always so interesting to hear about driving cultures from around the world and how they compare to driving cultures here of what we experience and hearing the perspective of another person sharing in this case it was india's driving experience and comparing it that to our previous guest last season amandeep's driving experience in india is always interesting to hear how different people experience driving around the world but the one thing they had in common is that indian drivers are a little crazy (laughs) to put it lightly (laughs) We can say that, right? Because we're Indian. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's okay, right? It's okay. Have you ever driven in India? Or can you relate to Jessica's driving stories? Or can you drive in India? That's, yeah, a, that's a better question. <laughs> yeah. Can you? <laughs> Share your experiences with us on Instagram at Drive With Us Podcast and let us know. I'm curious. Like, if any of you can drive in India, brownie points. And be sure to stay tuned until the end of this episode to hear a sneak peek of next week's episode with Key, a driver's ed instructor and owner of the Aspire Driving Academy. She shared with us some behind the scenes of life as a driver's ed instructor and some of her own personal stories and stories of her students' driving experiences. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can help support the show by sharing it with your friends or leaving us a review on Podchaser. It truly does help us get discovered. Thank you for choosing to drive with us and we'll see you all next week. One of my students fell asleep while driving and I noticed one time they went over to the side and I was like, you okay? And they didn't answer me. And the car literally slowed down and stopped. And I looked over and he was asleep.